Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. I want to thank both of you for being here today, and I am going to get started right away. Sasha, Ashley, um, this is always a story that has so many layers to it. And for those people that are not aware of why this is important, the dangers of keeping unwanted prescription drugs in the home, I, I think this is, is going to be eye-opening. And a lot of times we think about this in terms of what what are the the possible disasters that could happen to children and other adults and members of the family? But as part of this conversation in a recent story I heard, you also have to be mindful of any of your animal friends, your pets in the family. I mean, this is just not a single dimensional conversation here. Uh, and I don't think people want to be careless. I don't think that's what we're talking about. But I just don't think they understand. I want to start off, Sasha, if you don't mind, I would like to start off with you because personal stories are very important and they touch the heart. Um, when we think about the importance of this message coming out into the world, you know, National Prescription Drug Take Back Day, I don't even know if people know there's such a thing. Sasha, how did this hit your heart? Absolutely. So I appreciate the opportunity to share this story. So despite being passionate about the safe disposal of medications and being educated about the threat they pose to the community, I recently discovered an unacceptable level of risk in my own home. I'm the mother of two eight-year-old daughters and my husband and I are in the healthcare field. But I recently found a nearly full bottle of oxycodone, which is a powerful pain medication in my guest bathroom. My husband was prescribed this medication after a procedure, but found he didn't need it. And it crossed both of our minds to dispose of the medication in one of the drop bins located at Novant Health, the hospital I work at, but we hadn't gotten around to it and the thought slipped our minds. So for far too long, this powerful medication set in plain view of us, my children, and anyone else with access to that bathroom, including our teenage babysitter. So thankfully, I found the medication before my story ended in tragedy, but we all know that too often it's situations like this that put dangerous medications into the wrong hands. And Ashley and I just really encourage everyone listening to use National Prescription Take Back Day as an opportunity to safely rid your own homes of unneeded medications. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. And one of the things I really want to point out to that story, and then Ashley, I'd like to come to you, is it becomes out of sight, out of mind. I mean, it's just one of those things where, I mean, I had two knee replacements, right? But it's just one of those things that if you, if you don't think about it, that medication that you didn't use or didn't use very much of, and you somehow tucked away in 
plain sight, tucked away, like medicine cabinet or something like that, you just don't think about. I mean, you don't wake up every day and go look, oh, let me go look in my medicine cabinet. And so you never really know when the opportunity for somebody else to find it and do something with it that perhaps they shouldn't. I mean, Ashley, let's go to you. Um, this is an, an important message, but it's more than that. This is really encouraging people to really do something. But from your perspective, give us some information. There are a lot of people that don't really know the depth and the breadth of the people that are using prescription. What are some of the numbers on this? Happy to share that with you, Pat. So we know that over 300 people per day, um, unfortunately, die from an opioid overdose. So um, it's really important that we are making sure that we you know, encourage folks um, to remove those medications. And I think the National Prescription Drug Take Back Day, which happens twice a year every every year, is an important reminder. So partner organizations like Inmar Intelligence and Novant Health and local law enforcement agencies will come together to sponsor events across the country where you can drop off your medications and they are disposed of safely. Yeah. And, you know, I was really shocked about the percentage. I think it was almost 20% of the people that were saying they don't know how to get rid of them. It's like they know they should get rid of them. They also know that they shouldn't pour them down the sink or the right. I mean, so let's just be very clear about what we're talking. We're talking about the proper way to rid yourself of these, right? Um, but having said that, they don't know, so they don't do. And isn't that the powerful part of this message, Ashley? It certainly is about in a, in a recent survey, about 76% of us have medications still in our in our cabinet. Yeah. And you're right. 20% of people don't know how to dispose of them properly. And a lot of people think that it's still OK to flush your medications down the toilet or toss them in the trash. And honestly, that is really um, impactful to the to the environment and to our health and safety in a different way, because we know that over 46 million Americans have trace amounts of pharmaceuticals in their drinking water. So it is important that we um, not only that we take the opportunity to to clean out our medicine cabinets, but that we do it in the right way. Yeah. Um, Sasha, I want to get back to you because your story is so profoundly important, but it's really, I think it's quite common for people to be in that exact situation that you were in. Uh, I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if it was a procedure in a hospital, it could be anything. It could be, oh, I got a sinus infection, boom, right? It doesn't really matter. We just seem to like to hoard these leftovers, right? I mean, I'm not saying that you were hoarding them, but I'm just saying that there's a natural tendency psychologically to say, you know, I didn't need it then, but I may need it five years from now, right? Absolutely. Is that something that goes on? Absolutely. The the just in case uh, hoarding phenomena. So, I, you know, to uh, get around this, we established a routine where we regularly we inspect our medication cabinets for expired and unused medications. And this periodic review allows us to dispose of meds that are no longer needed. And with that, you know, I just can't emphasize enough how important it is to teach your children about the dangers of taking medications without the supervision of a parent. What do you think? I want to hear this from each of you. Um, outside of what we've just talked about, 
have you found a pattern? I mean, each of you come from different perspectives, but yet you have the same goal. Have you found like one or two major common obstacles that people people keep citing to you about why they don't? I mean, is it is it the is it really the things we've already talked about, uh, talked about already, or is there something else underneath it? Ashley, what do you think? I think for me, as a you know busy mom, um, you know, similar to Sasha's story, there have been times in my life when you know it just wasn't the priority, and unfortunately, we have to do more to educate folks to make this a priority and to make it a habit. We, in addition to the drug take back day, there are. Uh, Inmar Intelligence has about 6,000 kiosks across the country in pharmacies or local law enforcement agencies. So you don't have to wait for an event necessarily. You know, if if you have time at another time of the year, hopefully you can go yeah. to the website, which is safemedicinedrop.com and find a kiosk that's near you so that you can um, you know do it in your time. And I want to say that website again, Safe Medicine Safe. Drop. Dot com. That's correct. Please pass that on. It's so easy to remember. Not like my last name, but so easy. Safemedicinedrop.com. Um, Sasha, I want to get to you because uh, both of you live and breathe this. And I just want to say, just because we're having a couple of days, this doesn't mean that every day. I, I mean, I just want to be clear. You know, just because we're having a couple of days, it does not mean that every day is not the day you can do this. So let's just be very clear about that. Can we? You know, this is just a message and a campaign. But you can take these and drop them off any day, Sasha, right? Absolutely. A, a lot of facilities like Novant Health um, have have prescription med drop bins within their facilities. So you can just walk in and drop off medications. And what I want to emphasize is that every 10 minutes, a child ends up in the emergency room for medication poisoning. So really, absolutely. Say that one more time. Every 10 minutes, a child ends up in the emergency room for medication poisoning. Wow. Absolutely. So people really need to take this message seriously. You know, Ashley talked about the knowledge gap. Um, and that's why it's so important that people use days like prescription drug take back day, as well as any other day to routinely inspect medications in their cabinets and dispose of them properly. Uh, hats off to Inmar. I mean, the whole kiosk thing, that's brilliant. Who came up with that? Did you two come up with that? I wish I could take credit for that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even take credit for the name of my show. A listener's name, the show, Dr. Batcho. Um, but it really is innovative now. And, you know, look, I, I know this is a short interview, but I got to bring this up. Uh, recently on one of the stations, I don't know which one it was, but there was an entire series about the formation of the o opioid pandemic. I mean, Oxy, what we're talking about is Oxycontin right now. We're talking about that in particular. That's not the only one. But there was just a tremendous series to show the evolution of this. See, that, that cat is already out of the bag. That's out of the bag. So now we have to find ways to really make people more aware. And even in that short film, you saw how that prescription bottle that was just laying around in a drawer or something got used by a young adult. It's really that easy. And isn't that really the point? It's really that easy for another person, no, 
no fault of their own, to be tempted. Let's use the word tempted. Isn't that what we're talking about? If it's if it's if it's insight, there's going to be a temptation to do something that you might regret. I'm not talking about the child that stumbles upon an open bottle. I'm talking about these other situations where family and friends come into your house and they go into your bathroom and boom, they're looking for toothpaste and they open up your medicine cabinets like, oh, what's this goodie? What do you think about that? So for me, I'll tell you what I did. I relocated all medications to a high lock cabinet that remains inaccessible to not only my children, but to anybody who comes in my home like a babysitter. Yeah. I mean, that is something we should really make people aware of. You know, we're not saying to get rid of everything. I mean, people need prescriptions. I have a friend that just got a couple of prescriptions, the first in her life ever. But people need the medication for whatever ails them. But what we're talking about here today, there are medications you don't need. So get rid of them, Ashley, right? That's exactly right. It's really important that you um, take the t- take the time and the opportunity to take advantage of the local events, um, local kiosks in you know, as Sasha mentioned, in health in healthcare um, facilities and law enforcement agencies all across the country. I want to ask you both. I know this is the last couple of minutes we have. I really want to ask you when you look out in the future and you have your magic, uh, powerful wand. What would each of you like to see a year from now? What would you like to see happen when we're having this conversation again? What would we want to be talking about a year from now? Uh, Sasha, you first, then Ashley, you, please. I, I would really love to to learn that all of your listeners have um, taken our advice to establish establish a routine to regularly inspect their medication cabinets for expired and unused medications. Yeah, yeah. I love your answer, Sasha. Um, and I would like to, I would, I would love to see um, a specific number that we've captured double. So we, over the, over the years that we um, have had kiosks out um, across the country, we've collected almost 2 million pounds of unused or unwanted prescription medications. And if we could educate folks to get rid of all of what they have in their cabinets right now, because we know 76% of you out there have them, I think we could double that number. And I would love to see that. Yeah. And uh, I want to I want to top this off by saying many of you that are listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh, I, I have a medication. I don't have to worry about this one because it's not what they're talking about. No, it is. You know, th- we're not only talking about opioids in the cabinet. We're talking about medication and some of the medication that you may have in there may be more harmful than you think. You just may not know it. And so the question really is, why take the risk, right? Right, Ashley? Right, Sasha? Why take the risk? Please give out that website one more time, Ashley, if you could. It's safemedicinedrop.com. And when they go there, they'll be able to find information and also pay this forward. I mean, this message should be like on billboards, on buses uh, in every city. I mean, that's how seriously important this is. One misstep can cost a life. That's why you're both here, right? Absolutely. And we so appreciate you for having us today. Yeah, I want to thank you. Hi, everybody. This was our good news segment. I really want you to find out more. It's so important that you really listen to what both Sasha and Ashley are saying and doing. It's one step away. Just check, check your medications. 
Thank you both for doing what you do. Thank you all. Let's take a short break. Festa Della Donna with Esther Graham honors all women far beyond a single day of celebration. Regardless of your race, gender, sexual orientation, or religion, Esther helps your rise to your full potential to live fully in God's plan and to do what you were divinely created to do. Festa Della Donna offers programs that help you fulfill your dreams and desires. For more information and to get your free copy of the Festa Della Donna Retreat Self-Care Guide, visit fdbwomen.com. Are you feeling pulled between the world of personal opportunity and your role as a caretaker? Who do you choose? You or everyone else? Well, you can have both. I'm Dr. Diane Garrison. My signature system, Find Your Fabulous, is a four-month program which guides you to rediscover your passion and purpose. For more information or to book a free exploration call, visit fullpowerwomen.com. What makes a coach irresistible, extraordinary, and successful? The Coaching Academy has graduated hundreds of students who have built the most fulfilling coaching businesses. That's because the Spiritual Life Coaching Certification, based on the proven formula Rewire Your Brain for Success, is an innovative program designed to equip you with the knowledge and skills to support you in your journey of becoming an elite league coach. Inquire today by visiting coachingacademy.net. Do you ever get the feeling you aren't in the right place? So you decide to change jobs only to realize that might have not been the right one either? That's where the Purposeful Practice comes in. I offer individual coaching sessions to help you discover and pursue the career or business venture that matches your values, passions, strengths, and motivations. Book a free discovery session by visiting www.thepurposefulpractice.com. Activate your DNA with the light codes of creation and implement the life of your dreams with the help of Pam Bright, a multidimensional healer, a light language channel, and a spiritual transformational coach. Pam offers a variety of sessions to heal your mind, body, and soul vibrations. She will connect you with your spirit team, activate your chakras, and more. Not sure what service is best for your journey? Find out by scheduling a free discovery call by visiting brightbutterflynetwork.com. Life Engineering, processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to build a life of alignment. Joining Dr. Pat is your host, Gabriella Embon, bringing you bi-weekly wisdom nuggets, your step-by-step guidance to build a life of no regrets. Stay tuned as they uncover powerful processes for you to realize your true potential. Are you ready for some magic wisdom? Life Engineering starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Life Engineering. But more importantly, this show is so important. Uh, First of all, I really want to acknowledge the host of this incredible show, Gabriella, for so many things. And one of the things that I want you all to know, if I don't get time to tell you again, is this is a series that has to do with helping all of us rise up. 
Now, if you go to coachingacademy.net, you're going to find a lot of information. But the one thing that we talk very little about is what we're taking on today, self-coaching. And there's a reason why. And part of the reason is this is how you learn how to liberate the genie out of your lamp and turn frustration into liberation. Gabriella, I mean, this is something we do not talk enough about, right? Self-coaching is extremely important and very few people even know where to begin, but you're going to help us with that today, right? That's right. And I am so excited for today's episode because what you don't know is that the process we're going to be describing I uh, is inspired by a session that I had, but I also had done it on myself. After that session, I said, oh, I want that for myself. And then I went ahead and did this with uh, our community at the Theta Healing Practice last week. So this is really exciting. And I can't wait now to share this with everybody because I strongly believe that after you hear this episode, if it resonates with you, everybody can take themselves through this process. And that's my my hope, the self-coaching component of it. That's right. Yeah. So I want to, I want to tell you, like I said, this was inspired by um, a client, a session that I had. So I'm going to tell you the story of this person. This person came to the session very frustrated. So that's why the frustration is in the title of this episode. And when I asked her, why are you frustrated? She shared with me that her work contract was coming to an end and that she knew they probably will renew because they were very happy with her work and she was very happy with the company. But what she wasn't prepared for is when she asked for, you know, she spoke with her supervisor and she said, well, I expect kind of a raise. And they told her there's no budget for a raise. And that left her very, she had a bitter taste. She was frustrated. She came to the says, I don't understand. They're happy with me. I'm happy with them. Uh, it, this is this is a uh, um, unprecedented. You know the cost of living has gone higher, and sorry, and the story went on and on. So I asked her, so why do you so? What is that truly frustrates you? And she says, well, you know, I hate that I have no freedom. Mm. The lack of freedom frustrates me. The fact that I have to work for someone else who dictates my salary, and I cannot you know, control my own destiny in that, in the financial aspect. And I said, could you leave this job? And she said, of course I can. I can go and find another opportunity because I know there are opportunities available for me. Uh, I, she said, but I don't want to, I want to stay. And I said, so, okay, so you, you are, this is, you are experiencing lack of freedom, but it seems that you do have the freedom, right? And I asked her, did you, you know, did you negotiate? Did you speak with anybody about it? when she told you there's no race? What did you do? She says, I said nothing. I got really, really frustrated. So then I took a step back and I asked her, okay, let, let's really take a look at this situation. What is that is truly frustrating you? Is it the lack of freedom? Because from what you are sharing with me, you seem to have a lot of opportunities that you are choosing not to um, to embrace, of course. So is it really the lack of freedom? Or is it the fact that now you are put in a position that you have to act in a way 
that you're not comfortable acting. Yeah. Yeah. What is it truly that is frustrating you? And she said, well, now I'll have to negotiate and I'll have to start talking with the boss of my boss. I said, okay, so what is truly frustrating you? She says, yes. Now that you put it this way, she says, I just hate to be in a position that I have to convince people of my worth. Yeah. Isn't that the core? I mean, isn't that the core issue for so many of us? And I can't talk to, I can't talk about the men. I don't know. But for women, that right there, that is a gigantic mountain to climb. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because what I realized, and I said to her, for the most part, we hate, for the lack of a better word, we express ourselves that way. When people behave a certain way with us or where certain situations present themselves, not because what's presenting and what they're doing to us so much, but because of what it requires from us to do in her case, I said, so what do you need to do now? So, well, now I need to play politics and now I need to play hardball and now I need to play chess and, and I need to stand up for myself. All these things that I am very uncomfortable doing, right? So we tend to think that we get frustrated because of what people do to us. And, and the truth is that we get frustrated because the way that their behavior requires from us to respond we feel apprehensive about completely or completely uncomfortable embody an, an aspect of ourselves that we believe it's not us like she says it's not me playing politics it's not me playing chess it's not me playing hardball right and then i started thinking about wait a second i get upset when my kids push my limits or test my boundaries <laughs> but is it really because they're testing my boundaries or is it because it requires from me to put boundaries, to, to be firm, to be assertive? Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel this is me. I don't necessarily yeah. feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. I mean, this is really what we're talking about. I don't know where anybody ever said that in order for us to grow to the point by which we desire, and our desires always change, uh, and I believe they change upward. But there are going to be things that we have to learn how to move beyond. And this is like the opportunity. So our, our, what you're saying then is we have this idea that, oh, that's not me. Oh, that's not me. But is that really true, Gabriella? Is that really true? Because the me wants the race. So part of her is that me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And not, oh my God, you said it so beautifully. And not, that's what, what you are just describing is exactly the false identity that at some point in our lives, we created. And every time that we are required to step out of that false identity that we created for ourselves and embody another side of us that feels completely awkward feels like it's not me, we will get frustrated with the situation or the person that is evoking that uh, that feeling in us. So it's not really the situation. I don't get frustrated because people disrespect me. I get frustrated because I need to call on them and tell them no. And perhaps I don't feel very comfortable saying no. 
Yeah. But part of what you ask, and this is a question that you ask, I want to get to this question. You know, there, there are several, but the question is, which hat do you hate wearing? Let's talk about that. Because when you think about that question, right, there are a lot of different hats that I could think of that I just do not like wearing. But I will tell you, in order for me to start this business 20 years ago and do all the things that were required before I had a team, I did a lot of things that were really uncomfortable, including filing papers. You see? So let's talk about this for a minute, because is that just part of the journey? It is. Listen, the journey that you described you started 20 years ago was the journey of fulfillment, the journey of feeling uh, unlimited in what in the amount of impact that you can create. Where is that feeling coming from? That feeling is coming from your soul. Your soul wants to evolve, wants to feel unlimited. Your body is finite, that's fine, but your soul can experience anything. In So if our soul knows we can experience anything, we also have to free our minds to be not anything, but all possibilities and not just the false identity that we have confined ourselves. So as you, you call it, the hat, that's so that's so appropriate. Which hat do we ha- do we hate wearing? So if if we were to de- describe the process of liberating ourselves from that false identity, we can put it in steps that then the the listeners can afterwards perhaps replay these episodes and follow self-coach themselves. Let's do that, okay? So step number one would be to recognize what is the hat that we don't like wearing, right? To truly acknowledge what part of us we have convinced ourselves we're not good at or is not us. What attitudes and behaviors from others are triggering us and what and why? Because then we have to embody that side of us that we don't like. So we, we want to call it, whether it's the hat of the person that sets boundaries or the hat of the person that stands out for herself or the hat of the person that, that uh, asks for what she deserves. So we want to acknowledge and name. We want to name that hat. What is the hat that I hate wearing? The firm one, the assertive one, because... You know, we have a lot of limiting beliefs about that hat. So we need to first acknowledge and name that hat. So that would be step number one. We can change what we don't acknowledge. So that's step one. Step number two would be to understand where is that apprehension? To embody that side of us, to embody that hat, where is that coming from? To wear that hat. And that normally dates back into our childhood, right? Normally we have a fear of showing in a certain way. What's that fear? What is that you believe about people who show that way? What do you believe about people who set boundaries, who are assertive, right? Perhaps, perhaps there was someone like this in your life and you told yourself, I will never be like that, right? So what is it you believe about that? That's important to understand because clearly there's a limiting perception about showing up in that way. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say something because what we're talking about, we talk about ourselves as if we're static, like Mm -hmm. we don't change. And what you're talking about in describing the steps, which is extremely important, is the clear acknowledgement 
that we're evolving and we're changing. So even today, the hat that I may hate wearing, right, is very different than the hat 20 years ago. But but if we could start here in this exploration of self-coaching, then what happens with this is we know how to create a checkpoint at each of these steps and say, where am I with this one? That's right. Because we go on autopilot. We created that false identity and we have wearing it since then, right? So perhaps it's time to reconsider, as you said, because we're evolving. So the, 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 the second and the third step is to really go back and, and recognize that moment when you decided that you are dot, 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 that false identity. When you decided that you will not be the hat that you hate wearing, you will not be assertive, you will not push the boundaries, you will not stand up for yourself. And why did you do that, right? Because in that moment, in that pivotal moment, you created that false identity, whether it was, I comply, I accept what others say, I don't create waves, I don't push the boundaries, I keep the status quo, it could be I play small, or I play in the low league, I don't belong to the cool kids, right? So whatever it is that you um, embrace at that moment to protect yourself, acknowledge it so we can change it, right? That was the birth of that false, false identity that our ego created to protect ourselves. And in a way, I like visualizing in this, and this is how we did it when we did it in the Theta Healing practice last week, is you visualize that you put yourself in a glass container inside a lamp or a genie inside a lamp. You put yourself in a, in a glass container that you've been living there since then. Kind of crowded, if you think about it, especially because we grow, as you say, and we evolve. Yeah. So when people re behave towards you in, in a way that you normally hate, you know now that you hate that behavior because it requires from you to operate outside this glass container and you hate it and you get frustrated. Yeah. And, and it's a little scary if we might say, okay, Absolutely. so let's just be clear that put yourself in that, in that story that you told that person's situation, asking the boss's boss or the boss for a raise, right? After somebody already told you that the budget doesn't have it, that requires an entire new set of, how should I say it? Liberating courage. And, but yeah, like what one. you're talking about in order to get that liberating courage, right? It's very different than courage in the, in the field. Liberating courage is from within. And in order for you to face yourself, that's why we're calling it self-coaching. Hello, right? But in order for us to face ourselves, which each of us have had to do, that is one of the biggest blessings we have ever received. You know what it is? Discomfort, apprehension, right? What do you think? Absolutely. Our, our emotions are so important because they're showing us we're disconnected from all parts of ourselves mm -hmm. and they're pointing we're not being whole. How can we be whole when we have limited ourselves to one way of being or wearing one hat inside a container? We've been literally squished 
inside this glass container or like a genie. We are like a genie. And our soul definitely is a genie inside this lamp. And where our soul is saying, hey, let me create this discomfort. You need to get out so you can fulfill yourself and you can be. And this is what I love about the liberation. We're going to talk about the liberation process because this is not about um, I can be uh, I'm not, I, I can be assertive and I can uh, stand up for myself. This is about not even creating a new identity. This is not about letting off the false identity to create a new identity. This is about realizing that we can be all, all and embody everything. So it's not even create uh, identifying a new identity that would be more empowering. It's about liberating myself from any identity. That's right. And and the reason we're saying liberate yourself from any identity is because once we have an identity stick to us, it prevents us from evolving, from changing, from growing and becoming something anew. I mean, we're not saying that we don't have identities that we relate to. You know, we relate to certain things, right? But what we're saying is when we have identity that can cause an identity crisis, we are not liberating ourselves, are we? That's right. The idea is to see ourselves as kind of a chameleon that we can be all. We can shift ourselves and embody what's needed in the moment. And if we go through the steps of the liberation, so we recognize that we have created this false identity in the past and that it serves us to protect ourselves. We recognize when that happened. And we can even visualize ourselves being very limited and constrained in this glass container or lamp. Now, what we want to acknowledge before we liberate ourselves is, first of all, that it was there to protect us and how much have we learned and that we have been attracting the people that trigger us, right? That say, no, you don't get a raise or whatever it is that we hate. We've been attracting these people in order to learn. We want to acknowledge what we're learning right? What were we learning? What were the lessons that we can now graduate from and stop using these teachers, right? What were we learning right from wrong? Kindness, respect, acceptance, and truly from a heart prayer say, okay, no more. This is learn and completed. I no longer want to work with these teachers, attract these teachers because I don't need to learn that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's really what you're talking about. If you could just just really let's drive this point home. This is where self-coaching comes in, because we're talking about learning these steps and, and tools so we can check on ourselves as we're going through something and say, oh, wait a minute. I know what that is. That's a false identity. I can do it. Right. Isn't that why we're talking about this so that we don't go so far down a rabbit hole that we can't even see? That's that our right. identity is ruling us, this false That's identity. Right. That's right. These are tools that empower us to understand ourselves and choose differently, which is what the self-coaching is about. But but it all starts by realizing that if we're getting really frustrated at someone because what they've done to us, it's probably not so much because what they've done, because we have no control over that. It's because what it requires from us to do as a result that we yeah. don't want to do. Yeah, And we don't want to do because we have convinced ourselves it's not who we are, right? We have convinced ourselves otherwise with that false identity. So the process of liberating ourselves from that 
is to first acknowledge what we learn. Say, I no longer need to learn this. I no longer need to attract people who teach me this, right? Unconsciously, of course. And then I no longer need to keep myself limited inside this container. And I can uh, visualize. I encourage everybody to use their visualization to literally, literally imagine that you're shattering this container into pieces to liberate yourself, kind of, or you are liberating the genie out of the lamb and understanding that we can be all and embody everything. We can be gentle and assertive. We can be soft and firm when needed, right? And that not only we can be, we can wear all these hats, we have access to all the hats, right? Uh, We also know when. Yeah. When to embody each side of us. We are whole. All the side of us are in us. We're not fragmented anymore. We can wear all the hats and all the hats are available to us. And I truly believe that all the hats are available to us when we have done our work, which in a way, which means heal and learn discernment and balance, in a way is saying, okay, with all the responsibility I have taken for my life, right, comes the power to say, I don't need to limit myself. It's like here, you have all the tools, you have all the power because I know you'll use it, right, properly. It's like the creator is giving, is trusting us that we will embody all side of us wisely and at the right time and the right way. Yeah. What I love about this is exactly what you said. Let's continue with this because I want to drive this one point home. By by adopting these identities, these false identities, we are literally limiting the wide range of options and decisions the universe has in front of us. As a matter of fact, if we go so deep in this direction, we can't even see them, right? Isn't that why we're talking about this today? Because it requires us to recognize, follow the steps that you brought forward, but also to understand there will always be an option available to us. That's right. And as as long as we keep the false identity, we will keep attracting the same situation. So we're creating more pain for ourselves until we decide to liberate ourselves and say, no longer need this, right? And listen, listen, this is not about all of the sudden I wake up tomorrow and I feel comfortable being everything. Okay, I'm totally cool speaking up and, and showing up for, for what I believe, whatever it was that was holding you up, uh, up before. But what I say is this, when you realize that some of the hats you're going to wear, you're totally cool with, right? You're very comfortable. They are natural to you. And others are more challenging. But what we're saying, however, despite that they're more challenging for you, you can still do it. You can still embody courage. And negotiate your salary without losing your kindness, your values, and yourself. Because you are a whole. So that's what we're saying here. The invitation is to truly not limit the way we show up. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this is the key to the freedom we get in self-coaching. Let's talk about this in the last couple of minutes we have left. Because what we're talking about is this is this is almost like we get this moment where we have an awakening 
And then we can take an action, which leads us to the path of more freedom. Is that right? That's right. Truly, the invitation is to um, to listen to this episode again. If it resonates with you, listen to it again. And take a piece of paper and a pen and go through the steps. Use your visualization. Write down the answers. You will be amazed by what's being revealed for you. When you visit the situations that you hate the most, because we all have these situations that you can be asked, what kind of behavior for people you hate the most? And then you move from that and you say, okay, why? Why, because why is that it's required for me at that moment? What side of me needs to show up and I don't feel it's me? What is the hat that I hate wearing? You're going to have a huge epiphany. When you realize you take the power back because it's not anymore about what people do to you. It's about what you hate yeah. embodying yourself. So go through the step and realize you no longer need to use these people and these behaviors, right? I no longer need to use people who blame me for the lack of responsibility to learn to put them in their place and say, I'm sorry. This is not on me, right? I am free of using these people. I release any resentment that I held to these people. I choose to no longer use them. I am free to be all. And if I need to tell somebody A, I will say A. And if I need to say B, I will say B. And when you realize, see, this is what happened with my client. When she realized that what she was so afraid of and the reason she was so frustrated was because now she had to, right? Uh, play chess and politics and talk to the right people and sell herself, she was liberated to do it. That's all it took just to yeah. acknowledge what truly was frustrating her. And then she went ahead. She asked for the, she got a raise. I have to tell you, she got a raise. <laughs> so the liberation is there with the, with the realization of the truth within us, of what we've been convincing ourselves and what's available to us is where the liberation is. Sometimes in order for us to find the truth of who we are, we have to go through the doorway of false identity. Yeah. Right. How many times have you done it? How many times have I done it? But what a great show to outline this in a way that people can look at this now and self-coach their way to this new doorway. Right. Wow. That's right. How do people find out more about you? And also, what do you want to leave us with today? So they can find about me at the coachingacademy.net. And what I want to live, I want to um, leave the audience with is your body is finite. Your soul is unlimited and whole. Don't limit yourself to express only a part of it. Watch the magic when you realize that all parts of you are beautiful. That you don't lose yourself when you show up with assertiveness or when you show up with softness. And you can do it both, whether it's comfortable or not, because one thing is to feel, oh, I totally got this. And the other thing is to do it. You are allowed to feel awkward, but still do it. Feelings yeah. are meant to be felt, actions are meant to be done. <laughs> 
Yeah. Thank you so much for this, because this is where we can look at ourselves immediately. We do not have to hesitate. And thank you for reminding us that we are a lot of times our best coaches when it comes to ourselves. Uh, please, how do we find out more about you? Coachingacademy.net. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Please listen back to this, everybody, because within here is that doorway. Unlock that door, walk through it, and understand that you now step into a place where you are self-coaching yourself to a new freedom. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Life Engineering, processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to create a life of alignment on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join host Gabriella Embon and Dr. Pat every first and third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific for bi-weekly wisdom nuggets on how to create your perfect synergy between your mind, body, and spirit in order to realize your true potential. For more information, visit Gabriella at CoachingAcademy.net. Please enjoy this meditation from the Transformation Network. For your meditation, choose a position that allows you to relax. So either sitting up with your back supported so it can be nice and straight, or lying down flat on your back if that's comfortable for you. However, you can really just relax. And we're just going to start by letting your eyes close and letting your breath begin to take over in your awareness. So that means maybe you're elongating your breath a little bit, or maybe you're just noticing it. You're just noticing where you feel it in your body. So just being with your breath. Either following it along in your body or guiding it to a place in your body where you want it to go. Maybe noticing places where you are holding tension in your body and inviting a little bit of openness by directing your breath there. Maybe releasing tension from the shoulders or the belly, the jaw, the forehead, neck. We're going to begin to guide the breath up and down the center channel of the body. So just imagining your breath flowing from the tip of your tailbone all the way up to the crown of your head on the inhale and then exhaling it back down to the tailbone. Feel like that. And then we're gonna bring the earth in. So as you breathe in, you're actually breathing in now from the earth up into the tailbone, all the way up into the crown. And then you're breathing out from the sky all the way down through the crown and into the earth. And so we're going to keep now inviting the earth and the sky into your breath process and feeling the earth come into the heart. Feeling the sky come into the heart. 
And if you're not feeling these things or you don't know what to do, just imagine it. It actually works wonders. That's part of the magic. And now allow your breath to be focused in the heart, feeling the heart begin to expand. And feeling the solar plexus below the heart also begin to expand. Somewhere in this space of the solar plexus and the heart, there is a spark of light that really is your soul's essence. It's who you really are, why you're really here. And I want you to bring your breath to that spark, wherever you imagine it might be living in your body, and let your breath expand the light of that spark. So as you breathe, this light of your soul's essence gets bigger and it begins to fill your entire body. Every cell has this light. And the light becomes so big that it doesn't even fit in your body anymore and it begins to fill your energetic field, the space surrounding your body. So just breathing this light, feeling it bathe you. And now imagining anything that it may be giving you trouble, causing you concern in your life. You can either bring that into your light field or extend your light field out so far that it holds those things too. And so we're just practicing bringing your true soul's essence, this magic that is already inside you, to your world and to the things that you interact with. Letting them be in your light. And this is not a meditation that needs to stop when you go out into the world. This feeling of your light is something that you can take with you into every interaction, into every situation. You do not have to have your eyes closed to do it. All you need to do is to be able to feel that little spark and enhance it and expand it with your breath. So just take another minute to really feel that light of your soul's essence of who you really are. It doesn't have to be clear to you in words. The feeling is what we're after. And if you imagine something that's giving you concern coming in to that light, how does it shift? How does it transform? Is there some place in your body that's been aching that wants some extra light, send the light there. Let the light take over your brain, take over your eyes, take over your heart. It's just you, it's nothing outside you, it's just your truth. And now you can start to deepen your breath 
bringing your awareness back to your physical body, but not losing that light, not losing the feeling of who you really are. And you can open your eyes and join us back here. Hopefully you're feeling a little, a little bit, if not a lot more magical than you were a few moments ago.